Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. We're so glad you could join us. You're listening to part one of our brand new series, The Blessed Life. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, sit back, relax. Here it is. I just want to read our opening scripture today, Matthew chapter six. It says, so don't worry, saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. Someone say all. All these things will be given to you as well. I want to call our message today, first things first. First things first. Come on, can we put our hands together for the Lord? You guys can find a seat this morning. So glad that we could be together uh, in this place and celebrate together. Uh, I'm excited today to share this message. Uh, This message came from a title that I felt like the Lord gave me uh, in December. So for those of you guys that have been sleeping, it's currently April, and uh, the Lord gave me this title in December. And I felt like I was going to preach this message first week of January because, like, it's called First Things First. It was the first Sunday of a brand new year, it just made sense, right? Like, that'll that'll just preach. Um, But nevertheless, as I said, it's April. And so I'm sharing this message right here, right now, today. And I believe that the Lord's timing is perfect, and so this was when it was supposed to be shared. However, I say that all to say, this is a New Year's message. So I know it's April, but if you feel like, man, I had great goals in December, in January, but I've kind of fallen short. Great news, it's April, but I'm preaching a New Year's message. Is that amazing or what? Come on, someone say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so uh, this message exists in a brand new series that we are starting today called The Blessed Life, The Blessed Life. And for this series, we're gonna be in this for the next three weeks, and pretty simple premise, it is simply this, to follow Jesus is to be blessed. That's it. That's what this series is about. If you follow Jesus, you will be blessed. It's a take it to the bank promise. It's a guarantee. Follow Jesus, you will be blessed. Now, to follow Jesus, though, this is important to understand, is not a one-time thing. Like, you you make the decision to follow him, But then the actual process, the journey of following Jesus, it's a day in, day out. It's a a million little micro decisions to make Jesus Lord and Savior. And so to follow Jesus is to follow him in obedience. And I would even say it like this. In order to truly follow Jesus, I have to trust him. I can't follow Jesus if I don't trust him. And so What this series is about really over the next three weeks is learning to put our trust in Jesus. So if you guys are with me, to trust in Jesus then is to be blessed. However, I would say the reality is many times we struggle to trust in Jesus. So this series is a faith series uh, above all else, but in this series I'm also going to be talking about money. Come on, somebody. You guys, if you can see it in the, in the sign, we've got the fancy dollars up there, uh, the Benjamins, as the kids say uh, these days. And so I want to talk about money in this series because 
is important. But I want to preface and I want to say that blessings are not always financial. This is important. Not every blessing in your life is financial. Now, blessings can be financial, but blessings can also be peace. It can also be uh, joy. It can just be things that don't even make sense sometimes. And so, uh, important to distinguish, not all blessings are financial. But, God will bless you as you follow him. Now, one more note as we kind of continue this morning. Uh, in this series, as I'm talking about money, I want to make one thing very clear. Um, I do not believe in what is referred to as the prosperity gospel. And the prosperity gospel is this idea simply, if you just have faith... If you just believe a little bit more, God will give you health, wealth, prosperity, whatever, whenever. Now, the reason that uh, I don't believe in this premise of the prosperity gospel is for a number of reasons. Number one, I think that it actually puts us in the place of God. Meaning, I get based on what I do. The question then is, who's in control? And in that scenario, I believe you are in control, not God. My second objection is this. He's God. And God doesn't have to do anything. God doesn't have to give you anything. He doesn't owe you anything. But because, he, because he's a good father, God does give us stuff and, and gives things to his children. So just want to make that clear. Um, everything that God gives us is because of grace and because of his goodness. And uh, That's kind of where we're going to go in this series. So, Scripture, though, is clear. God blesses those who follow him. God blesses us because he is good and because his promises are true. So, what that means uh, in this series is I want to give us some principles in order to live the blessed life. Some principles I believe will bless us. And really, what we're doing more than pursuing even principles, we're pursuing a person. And that person is Jesus. These principles lead us to a person. We good? Okay, so today um, I want to talk about, and and this message I said was called First Things First. We could have also called this message the principle of first. um, Because I'm going to talk a whole bunch about this principle of first. And so today is going to be kind of like a teaching. We're going to go all over the Bible. uh, But I want to start with Jesus, because I believe that Jesus gives us the clearest picture of this principle of first. But as I go through scripture, you're going to see that what he's saying isn't new. He's just kind of summarizing all of the Bible. So Matthew chapter 6 is where we are. Verse 31 says, do not worry. This is Jesus speaking, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans Run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So, this is important. Because what Jesus says, and and I think this can be kind of shocking a little bit, especially like depending on what your picture of Jesus is, that like every time he speaks, he wants to rub your back or something like that. Sometimes, like Jesus says some stuff that should cause us to sit up a little bit. In this text, he says, don't worry about food. Don't worry about clothing. Don't worry about what you drink. None of that stuff. Then he goes on to say, for that's what pagans 
worry about. If you want to know what a pagan is, it is just someone that worships a false god or another god or not the god. And so Jesus literally says, the difference, this is important, between a follower of Jesus and a pagan is that which we pursue first. That's what separates us. Now, what's interesting is everything on this list that Jesus gives us are not inherently bad things. In fact, they're things that we need. I don't know if you guys, did you guys ever, when you were in school, um, like elementary school, I think, learn between like wants and needs? Like they gave you a whole list of stuff and the teacher was like, okay, on one side, put your wants. On the other side, put your needs, right? And so like needs, it's like clothes, shelter, food. And then on wants, it's like hockey stick, Xbox, uh, new shoes, new clothes, whatever. Now, when I look at this passage of scripture, I think it would be easier if Jesus said, like, don't worry about the, the, the Xbox or don't worry about the golf clubs or whatever it is that you want. But everything that he says are legitimate needs. Food, clothing, drink. Even earlier in this whole passage, like about shelter, where you live. Like, these are all legitimate needs. And so it's like, Jesus, this is kind of like, like, what are you saying? But I think what's important is that Jesus lists needs and only needs intentionally. Because what he wants the readers to understand is that this list isn't about like either or. It's what are you going to put first? Are you going to seek first his kingdom? Or are you going to seek first the things that you think that you need? Why does Jesus say this? Why is it important what I put first? Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So what Jesus is saying, essentially, is that what you put first, that what you pursue most, is where your heart is going to go. If there's nothing wrong with food, clothing, shelter, making money, any of those things, but the tendency of the heart, it's pretty simple. Whatever you seek first is what's going to take dominance on the throne of your life. As much as we like to think we're compartmentalized people, like I can be 100% here, 100% there, simply not true. And our issue is that we take good things and supplant them in the place of God. You have kids, your kids are good. They're not God. You have a marriage, your marriage is good. It's not God. You're in school, you're working. Those are good things, but they are not God. And what happens so easily and so slowly is these things begin to take the number one place in our hearts. As much as you'd like to think I can give 100% everywhere, we just can't. It's kind of like this. I have a, uh, my financial advisor. Um, I'm pretty hands off. Like I just give him my money, let him do his thing. Uh, but I know him pretty well, and he's, a, uh, he's an entrepreneur of sorts. And so he's got lots of interests. And uh, I happen to see, because I know him well, that a lot of times, like, he's, he's kind of leaning towards the entrepreneurial side of stuff. And he's got the financial stuff as well. Um, and I see this. He's the one that manages my money. 
So I see him sometimes doing his thing, and I'll joke. I'll say, that's great, but who's watching my money? Like, I I get you're building that, but who's watching my money? Because I understand the tendency of the heart. Nothing wrong with that, but whatever you put first is where your heart's going to go. You guys following? That's That's just the tendency of the heart. And so what we're saying here, pretty simple, talking about the principle of first. What is the principle of first? What is first in our life is always a sign of where your heart is directed. What I put my priority in is where my heart is directed. I could take it a step further and say the first is actually a sign of worship. Whatever I put first, where I put my money first is a sign of worship. Where I put my time first is a sign of worship. Where I put my talents is a sign of worship. So the first, Jesus says, is really important because he says seek first the kingdom, and all else will be given to you, which is an important part of the promise. He doesn't say, don't worry about clothing, just live naked. He doesn't say that. He says, your father knows you need these things. He knows what you need, but he says, seek me first. And so what I want to show us, and if you're a Bible nerd, buckle up. You're about to have a good time. If not, I'm going to make you a Bible nerd. We're going to go all through scripture because Jesus, if you did not know this, he is God. And so he doesn't really, and this is a cool thing about Jesus, a lot of times like, people think he was saying new things. Not really. A lot of times he was saying the same thing just differently. And so this principle of first in Matthew 6, I'm going to show us it's throughout the entire Bible. Can I show you guys? Are you guys ready to, to go on a journey? Buckle up. So I told the first service, I have no rhyme or reason for these texts. I'm just showing them to you, meaning like they're not in order. So if you're like open to the Bible and you're like, where are we going, Harrison? We're going like backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. So. I know that most people are on the screen, but for the few blessed that bring their Bibles. (laughs) So, you guys ready? I'm going to show you guys the principle of first. Exodus 20. This is when God gives Israel the law, the commandments. And so, the first, you would think, pretty important. First commandment, he says, you shall have no other gods before me. Here's a really simple way to remember the first commandment. The first commandment is put God first. Have no other gods before him. Look at how easy it is to memorize scripture. That's the first commandment, right? The key, this is Matthew 6, right? The key to the blessed life, seek first his kingdom. What's the first commandment in the Old Testament? Have no other gods before me. Put me first. So, you guys following? And I, I, got, I got the first service to do this. I forgot for you guys. But anytime you see in scripture first, I need you guys to shout it out. Can we do that? Because I want you guys to to, to get the pattern here. All right, so we're going to Genesis now. Genesis chapter 4. In the course of time, verse 3, it says, Cain brought some of the fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel, that's his brother, also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the born of his flock. The Lord looked with favor. Don't be so excited about it next time. (laughs) The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So this is an important story because this is before law, so, so nothing is required. They just want to give God something. 
That's just, that's just that's a principle. When you come into the presence of God, you want to give him something. And so something hap- happens in, Ab- in Abel's heart where he's like, man, I want to give God my best. And so he gives him the first born of his flock. And not just like the, because the, the, like, it's an offering, right? And so he gives him the fat. And if you've ever had a steak before, the fat is the best part. My wife cuts it off and I'm like, bring it over here. <laughs> my stomach hurts for 10 days after, but it's the most tasty part of it. And so the point is this. Abel gives the best. What did the best look like? It was simply the first. Cain brings some fruit. And the issue isn't fruit. It's the kind of fruit, just some of the fruits of the soil. In other words, he gives him the scraps, the leftovers. In his mind, he's like, man, I'm giving God something. Isn't this good? God looks at Abel um, with favor, Cain not with favor. Um, If you want to find out what happens next, go read your Bible. If you don't know, read your Bible. It's an interesting story. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3, we're continuing. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the fruits <laughs> of, all, of all your crops. Honor the Lord with your wealth. How do, how do I honor God with my wealth? I give him the first fruits. That's the best way to honor God financially is to give him the first. So, um, that, that's Old Testament. You're like, let's get to the New Testament, Pastor. Sure. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. This is Paul giving instructions to the church. He says now about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do on the... We lost some, uh, lost some enthusiasm there. Um, <laughs> on the... Day of the week. Each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. So two things of importance here. Um, I'll give you guys a little church history. Uh, For the last 2,000 years or so, the church has corporately gathered on the first day of the week. And so Paul is saying literally, hey, when you guys get together, set aside some money, each according to your income. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but it's important. When do we worship God corporately? First, what do we give him? And what we give, we give on the first day of the week. So continuing Mark chapter one, um, this one doesn't have first, so you guys can calm down for a second. But it says very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. And so it doesn't say it, but let me exegete some scripture for you. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, is first thing in the morning. First thing, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus does this first. So, last scripture, now we're going all the way back to Exodus. Exodus chapter 13, um, it says, uh, we got it on the screen somewhere, coming. The Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every born male. The offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. So consecrate literally means set apart, give. It's, 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 it's mine. Now, when you read this, you might think to yourself, like especially like for kids, it's like, okay, like, I, I, why, did the, why did God tell the Israelites only to do the first? Like, does that mean that like he doesn't 
like the rest of the kids, or like they're not like as special to God. Um, this is important for this whole principle of first. And I'll explain it to you by reading this commentary on Exodus. Speaking this, do the children, like they only some belong to God? No, it says all children in Israel belong to the Lord and his covenant. So then why take only the firstborn? Because the first... <laughs> it's not scripture. It still works though. <laughs> because the firstborn is the symbol we can't miss it. Come back, come back. The firstborn is the symbol of all that follows. The Israelites were used to this symbolism when they brought the first fruits to the Lord. These first fruits represented the whole harvest. Here's the principle of first in every area of our life when it comes to giving it to God. When we give God the first, he blesses the rest. When we give God first, it's a symbol of everything. You see, I'll tell you why this is good news. Because going back to Matthew chapter 6, seek first his kingdom, a lot of us are saying, how do I seek God first when I work 40 hours a week? How do, how do I seek God first when I'm a parent for 168 hours a week? Like, what, when, how do I seek God first when I'm in college and I'm not as busy as I think, but I think I'm really busy? Like, how? Like, how do I... How do I seek God first in, in that time, in that season of my life? <laughs> the good news is when you give God first, it's a symbol of the whole. Are you guys following this? And this is a theme we see throughout the entire Bible from the beginning to the end. And the promise off the top is this. You follow Jesus, you will be blessed. How do I follow him? I put him first. I seek first his principles, his practices, but most of all, his presence. Because if you want to truly be blessed, I need the presence of the Lord in my life daily. So how do I do that? How, how do I, like practically, because it sounds great, right? Like practically, how do I do this? Well, we're going to look at some of the same scripture, but I'm going to give us three things that we give to God first and watch how he blesses it. It's our time our talent, and our treasures. Treasures being our finances. When we put God first in these three things, you will see how he blesses it all, but even more than that, how you will actively draw closer to him. So, um, time, talent, treasures, we're gonna start with treasures. So, super simple principle, how do I put God first in my finances? There is a principle that has been known for the last 6,000 years or so called Tithing. So, what is tithing? Tithing is to give the first 10% of your income to the Lord. Leviticus 20 says it like this. A tithe, and like in the Hebrew, tithe, it literally means 10%. A tithe of everything from the Lord, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. This is important. The first Two things, belongs to the Lord and it is holy, it, it's, it is set apart. Now, the second part I think is more important than the first part. Because next week I'm going to show you how God, like everything is his. It's not just 10%, his, like, everything is his. But the first 10% is holy. Holy means set apart. 
And so literally, when it comes to our finances, the first 10% is supposed to be set apart for the work of the Lord. It is holy. Now, I remember, um, and I've told this story before, but it's kind of, you know, a transformational story for me, so I'm going to tell it again. But I remember when we started the church, uh, Pastor Ryan, he's one of our elders or oversights of this church, he said to me, he said, Harrison, he said, do you tithe? And I said, yeah, I, I tithe, like I give 10%. Um, and he's like, I didn't ask you if you tithe. I, sorry, I didn't ask you if you give 10%, like I ask if you tithe. He's like, because to tithe is to give the first 10%. And like, I don't know if he was like looking at my bank account statements or what, but at that time, what I would do is I would kind of backtrack. Like, cause I, you guys ever been there? Like I would miss a couple months, four months, five months. And I would just like backtrack. Right? I'm like, okay, like, what, what, like, what's 10% of the last like, four months or whatever, whatever? And he just said, Harrison, he said, the most important principle is first. He said, who do you give to first? And he said so simply, he said, Harrison, I promise you, you give to God first, honor God, and God will honor you. Then he hung up. And he didn't. That was, there was more. I just, it was five years ago. I don't remember what we talked about. And so in that moment, I made a decision to say, okay, I'm going to make sure, like, I'm not backtracking, like, I'm going to give the first 10. Um, I had another kind of, like, transformative moment a couple years back. I was watching a message, um, and it said, kind of like what we said earlier, that what you give to first symbolizes what you worship. And so I'm, like, a millennial and living on technology, so everything in my life is, like, auto-deposit, right? Auto-deposit, auto-withdrawal, like, I don't have a single bill I pay. It's just, like, out gone, ready to go, um, and I give to the church online, right? Like, everything is online. Um, and so, I didn't realize it, but a lot of times, like, I would just, two things, like, number one, like, things would just come out of my bank account automatically, and, like, I would try to give my tithe, but, like, something came out already, I'm like, shoot, like, I was only a day behind, uh, or a lot of times what would happen was I'd open my banking account to give, but I'd have a credit card bill, and I'd pay my credit card bill. You want some good financial advice? Pay off your credit card bills. Um, I'll give you better advice than that <laughs> in the weeks to come. But on a, on a very solid, on a very low level, it's good advice. But easier said than done. Anyways, come back with me. Um, so the point was I'd pay my credit card bills, and then I would pay tithe. And I listened to this message, and he said, what you give to first is a symbol of worship. And he said, some of you guys worship Visa. And he said, some of you guys worship Starbucks. Some of you guys worship MasterCard. Some of you guys worship TD. Some of you guys worship Nike. Come on, somebody. And so I made it a resolution, not just to give the first 10%, but to make sure I don't pay anything before I pay that which belongs to the Lord. And I can only speak for myself. I don't do this out of religiosity. I don't do this because I believe like, man, like God is going to strike me or smite me if I don't. I actually want to honor God with my finances. It's as simple as that. I need him. And what happens when I put him first, it allows me to know who is in control. You want to know why I need to know who's in control when it comes to my finances? Because I got three kids, soon to be four kids, under the age of four. Come on, somebody. And our third kid and our fourth kid are so close together. My wife ain't getting mat leave this time. So I need someone to be Lord over my finances, and I don't want it to be me. 
And so when I give to him first, I can tell you this with a blessed and a whole assurance, I don't worry because I'm not in control because God has my back. And I believe that when I give to him first, he blesses the rest. That's the principle of tithe. So I just want to encourage you. You want some practical ways to put God first, begin the practice of tithing. And I feel like, Harrison, like, I, I need to go deeper. Amazing. Come back next week. I'm going deeper. If you don't like that, come back next week anyways. Proverbs 3. We read it already, but it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crop, and then the barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will burn over with new wine. There's two testimonies when it comes to tithing. Number one is I can't afford to tithe. Number two is I'm so blessed because I tithe. Those are the two testimonies I always hear. So that's the first principle of putting God first in our money. And a little bit tame today, I'm going to go deeper into money for the rest of this series. But number two is time. How do I give God my time? Now, the Bible is filled with offensive scripture. Uh, For those that sleep in, this is a very offensive scripture. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So, you maybe have never heard it said like this. You want to be like Jesus? Wake up early. You ever heard that before? Come on, somebody. Um, Revelations in church today. I want to give, this is important though, I want, I want to give you guys the context of Mark chapter 1 where this happens. Jesus is flooded. Like everyone wants a piece of Jesus. He's been teaching, healing, preaching, all of these things, and he's absolutely exhausted. And I love this scripture because Jesus is so exhausted, he can't afford not to wake up and spend time with his father. Because a lot of times, our schedule is so full, I'm so exhausted, I think I need to sleep in. I think I need a little bit more rest. But the principle of first is when you give God the first, when you give God the best, he blesses the rest. And I want to promise you, you give God the first part of your day, you will begin to see how the rest of your day is blessed. And you won't even know. It's like, I don't even know what happened, but all of a sudden, I feel like I have more time. I have more focus. I have more energy. I'm just a happier person. Why? Because when I give God the best, he blesses the rest. And if I need an example, I can look to Jesus, who very early woke up and he prayed. You want to know what else it is? It's a sign of trust. To say, I'm going to trust before email I'm going to look to Jesus. Before Instagram, I'm going to look to Jesus. Before the busy of the day, I'm going to seek first his kingdom. I already referenced it, but again, the church for the better part of 2,000 years has gathered to worship and pray on the first day of the week. Because when we do that, God has this way of blessing the rest. If you didn't know this, your week doesn't start on Monday. The first day of the week in the calendar is Sunday. And so when we give Jesus the first, he has this way of blessing the rest. Look, looking like macro, micro. Macro is a week. How can I get God to bless my week? I'm going to start it with him at church. In the micro, how can I get God to bless each and every single day? I'm going to begin with him. Is this making sense? 
Super simple principles, and I believe that you are well on your way to the blessed life. Last one is this, talents, your gifts. Here's the question. That gift, that thing that you have inside of you, that thing that you have that no one else has had, that, that, that ability, your ability to create, maybe it's music, art, creating wealth, business, your mind, your brain, whatever it is, who gets the best? Who do we give our best to? For some of us, if we're being totally honest, where does our best go? Goes to school, goes to work, sometimes our friends, whatever it may be. But I just have this simple belief that when you give it to God, he'll do what you can't. You see, a lot of times the reason we don't give, because a lot of times, like especially when it comes to church, like Harrison, I'm an amazing musician, I'm an amazing designer, but like I'm just so burnt out because I was creating all week. Like I have, I have an amazing business mind, I can cut deals like no one else, but I'm just exhausted. And I, I think like, I think I'm just, I'm made for the, for the business sector anyways. And what happens is we give God the leftovers. And the reason we do this, I think more often than not, is because we believe truly in our hearts, I just don't have time. I don't have anything left to give. It's because we have our orders mixed up. Because I promise you, when you give it to God first, he'll bless the rest. I have not met one person ever that says, I really regret giving my all to Jesus. And he really let me down when I gave him all my talents. No, what happens is this, if we're being honest, we don't even get to a place where we would allow God to let us down because we never even put ourselves in positions many times to see what he wants to do. We don't give God the margin to bless us. And that's what I wanna do in this series. I wanna give us more margin to see the miraculous, more margin to see the blessings of God in our life. We sing these songs, like Jaira, like he's more than enough, firm foundation, he'll never let me down. The question is, do we really believe it? When God asks for our first, do we really believe it? When he asks for the first in my finances, the first in my talent, the first in my, in my, my time, do I really believe it? It's, it's funny, like, um, our girls, <laughs> during the baptism, you might have heard them screaming. Um, they're usually great people. Uh, <laughs> um, they're funny. They, uh, they're three years old, and they, they have this thing where they get, like, not just hungry, but hangry. You guys know what hangry is, right? Like pray for their future husbands, right? Like they just, they get hangry. And so um, a lot of times, like especially at breakfast, like while they're waiting for breakfast or even like on the way down to the table, like they're not, like they're not sad, they're mad. Like, like ah, just like complaining, complaining, complaining. Uh, and I remember uh, one day Christy like just speaking and she didn't know it, but she was like speaking prophetically. I think she's talking to our daughter, Abby. She said, Abby, she said, have you ever missed a meal before? Like, have we ever not fed you? And I would like to say that her response was profound, but she's three, so she just kept crying. <laughs> but I just got this picture of the Lord. A lot of times when we're stuck in worry, doubt, despair, can I really afford to put God first? 
I wonder how many times the Father is speaking to us and saying, have I ever let you down before? You see, all that we give, I believe God wants to give us back some and more. Not because he owes us, but because he's our father. And like a good father, he wants to give good things to his kids. And and if that's not enough, if you're like, Harrison, I need more proof. Like, how how do I know? Is there a guarantee that God will always be for me? Romans chapter 8. Verse 31, it says, what shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Listen to this. Jesus is the guarantee that God will give you the best. What what did God do when we needed saving, when we needed salvation? He didn't send a prophet. He he didn't send a principal. He sent his son. Jesus came down in the flesh. God only sent the best to save, to redeem us, not sparing his own son. He's the guarantee. If I'm ever thinking to myself, how do I know that God's going to come through? He sent his son. That's the guarantee. So how will he not along so even more give us all things. God's the proof. He's the proof that he will never hold back blessings for those who follow him. I love love this family baptism we had today. That's the proof. A whole family saved, redeemed. I didn't say it, but I want you to understand this. God is in the business of not just redeeming individuals, but redeeming families redeeming workplaces, friendships, college classrooms. That's that's just who God is. And so if I'm ever thinking to myself, how do I know he's going to come through? Jesus is the proof. He's the proof. I want to tell just just one more story as we close. And whether it blesses you or not, I'm not too sure, but I just want to give glory to God. But uh, this last Friday, I entered into a new decade of life. Um, come on. <laughs> I'm alive. But I, 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 was, I was going to pray um, that morning, and I felt the Lord just tell me uh, to just, just journal and write down everything that's happened in the last 10 years in your life. Now, I was, um, ten, 10 years ago, about God called me uh, into ministry. And long story short, when God called me into ministry, I remember um, I just said to him, man, like, I'm afraid. And I remember God just, you know, I wanted him to be like, I have called you, Harrison, do it. Like, I want him just like, <laughs> very clear. Um, but instead, he just said, don't be. Just don't be afraid. And I've seen my life just the last 10 years, all that God has done. And the Bible talks upon, about grace upon grace. And my life is just grace upon grace and it's blessing upon blessing. 
God has not withheld in my life. He's only done more than I could ever think, dream, or imagine. And when you look at your life in 10 years and you start writing things down, you begin to believe and see like, oh my gosh, 10 years ago I had nothing. Look at all that God has done. And I say that to say, there are so many of us, not that you're at a particular age or anything like that, but you're on the edge of making a decision to trust in Jesus. And everyone's decision is different. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's with your time, your talents, or maybe it's just following Jesus wholeheartedly, taking that next step in baptism to publicly proclaim it. And a lot of times what happens is we get caught by by, by what's right in front of us. And it's like, Harrison, I got bills right in front of me. I got, I got, I just, I got worries right in front of me. And when we just become so short-sighted, but I heard a quote and it was from a pastor and he kind of just altered a Bill Gates quote. But he said, most people actually overestimate what they can do in one year. But they underestimate what God can do in 10 years. You see, the Bible lets us know that he is the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob. He's a generational God. So God doesn't want to just build something for today. And listen, not even just for 10 years, but God wants to build something generationally. And the promise is he will. He will. We need to trust him though and step into it because if there's a God that wouldn't spare his own son that gave us the best, then what more does he want to do in our lives if we could just trust him? Can we stand for a second, church? I just want everyone to to, to close their eyes and bow their heads. I want to just give an invitation right now. Just for someone to say, I want to to put my faith in Jesus. I want to take that plunge. I'm, 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 I'm stepping over the edge. And I'm going to put him first and watch how he blesses the rest. And for some of us, maybe that decision is in the area of of our time or our finances or our treasures. And for some of us, it's just that that number one important decision to say, I'm going to follow Jesus. If that's you today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, could you just show me your hand? Thank you. Jesus. I pray for every single person in this place, every every person listening to my voice online. God, for someone today that wants to step into the best, into the blessed life, God, may today be step one of the journey. You are so good, Lord. And God, you just want to give your children all that you have for us. So may we trust you. May we step into that life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, can we clap our hands? Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to that message. If you made a decision to follow Jesus or you want more information about our church, head over to kingdomchurch.ca. We would love to get in contact with you. Until next time, take care.